We are very late. We are confused. Um, nothing's That's working like, right. Very Intro dirty. music's not working right. Did Adam's Joe just dirty. drop off the stream? No, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. What in the hell? Um, Adam, oh, shit. It's the intro. Now it's not. <laughs> no, I know. It just popped up. Nothing's now working it's right. Not. The encoder. Nothing's, nothing's the working. The key got screwed up with that. The live button didn't work. I'm dirty. I'm tired. I smell. And here yes. we are. Hey, I, I was able to run in the door. I was going to jump in the shower, but then my wife was like, but dinner's going to get cold. And I was like, I don't usually eat dinner before the stream, but I was the good husband and I sat down and ate dinner real quick. So here I am all dirty and yeah. Dirty, but full of food. Full ready of to, food. Ready yes. to rock and roll. <clears throat> now I'm going to have phlegm in my throat and be like, cough. What are you doing, Joe? Are you serious, Joe? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what is who brought oh, this guy? Oh my god! This guy's I mean, been home. This this Canadian. Yeah, at let least up, but we can hear you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let me just address the audience real quick. So we try to shield you guys from all of Canuck Joe's mistakes and like, goings on. I know you don't get it. That's the problem. Like, we could we could literally write a book on like all the goofy things that Joe does, like his potato camera, his ham sandwich camera, his inability to. Turn cameras Wait. right side up and Joe, left side down. If you yeah. just Joe, if you lay on your desk, you'll be okay. Yeah, true. dude. Just true. turn it on and lay on your desk, bro. Remember when we had the same sort of problem with that uh, Mr. John Pastorelli? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. I guess must be an Italian thing, I guess. Joe is basically nope. like our old person. Joe, you are I think still if you sideways. just like turn off your cam and turn it back on 30 times. Hey, why don't you just work. turn your phone the other way? Because aren't you using your phone? Yeah, I guess I'll do uh, the vertical. Just turn your phone the other way. There you go. Oh, look at that. Dude, Dude, that's close, but hold Boom. on. Yeah. <laughs> Just upload a picture of the toilet. And his microphone's not working. All right, guys. We need to pump the brakes on this right now, all right? Yeah, let's just ignore Joe. Joe's yeah. not even here. He's not. Oh, man. This is Mickey, a clusterfuck of a show. <laughs> Mickey Mutsu, you got it right. He's Canadian. Oh, man, but seriously, what a day. I mean, what a week. This, You know, it's supposed to be like a you know, four-day work week. It was like hell. Yeah. It really was. It I would was agree, just... actually. And that's when you guys say it was hard work, I, I generally don't agree. But this week, I would agree. It yeah. was fucking hard. I, I got to be honest. Like, <clears throat> as much as I like holidays, like to get the time off if I'm actually off. And last weekend I was. So it was nice. Um, it always sucks coming back from a holiday. It, it mm -hmm. always sucks. And it's always just you're trying to play catch up and it's just confusing. Um, I don't know if that's everybody or if that's just me, but like, I know I operate a little different than most people. I'm kind of crazy in the head, but so the reason uh, why I'm so late today, so, yeah, oh, this guy just leaves then. Ah, yeah. screw him. That's all right. It's all right. No more Canadians on the we're, show. We're we're yeah. taking out we're taking auditions um, and resumes for a fourth a new fourth member. But you can't mm -hmm. be Canadian. That's the rule. Must have a magnetic personality. Um, <clears throat> have a good camera. Know how to take horizontal pictures. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yep. Go oh. <laughs> to a live stream on time. Oh, I mean, how? how? This is great, and I'm not even drinking, and I haven't even taken a gummy, and I'm having a good time. So, mm. right. um, I need. You know, I have a anyway. problem. I've been oh, doing this. People have been That's asking good. me why my camera is so shaky when I'm in my live streams. I've had a few people comment about it. It's because my tripod sits in front of me and I put my feet up and I keep kicking it. 
Yeah, I do. It's like, same. damn it, I need to stop that. Yeah. It's so stop nice to put your feet up shit. when you're on the show, though. It is, actually. It really so, is. listen to what happened to me. This is why I was so late. It pissed yeah. me off. So, the job was going well. I was putting in a 20 sear heat pump today. Okay. Nice. And uh, doing everything nice. You know what I mean? I use the pipe wiper on it 100%, you know, to the T. Beautiful job. Um, although somebody posted a, I posted a picture on Facebook and somebody was like, you know, your job is shit. I hope you die. He's like, it's too close to the electrical meter. And I'm like, shut up. Here's the thing. The ceiling is finished in the basement, right? There's a a generator on one side and there's the electrical meter on the other side. Where should I put it? Should I tell him to gut his basement? No, fuck off. Well, there's no inspector coming there, right? No. So who cares? That's what I said. I said uh, my response to him was, "Shit happens when you party naked." <laughs> right. <laughs> Here it's cold. You got to be about three, uh, what, thirty-six inches. Like three uh, I mean, feet. it is cold. I get it. But the thing is, go, let's yeah, gut. Let's, let's gut your basement, or uh, yeah. you, there's no other option. We, we could run lines around the side of your house or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Not gonna happen. Right. Or I could yeah. just install the job the way it was installed before. Screw it. Right. Well, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, like Al Anonymous says, I guess I'm building the wall on the wrong side of the border because <laughs> we said no more Canadians. <laughs> I've been saying that for years, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, ever, ever since I saw Trailer Park Boys, I was like, we should probably build a wall over there. Yeah, right. Just, just think, just think how many Canadians just mosey on across the border. And then live off the fruits of our country. Just mm-hmm. think about it. Just think like, how many Americans yeah. come up here to breathe the fresh air. <laughs> you guys don't. You guys don't let us in so easily. Yeah. yeah. Like, the only way we can sneak in is like me and Chris got to get a, a moose costume and go like sneak across <laughs> the border together. But then you got to watch out for the Mounties because they'll come up and try to mount you. Yeah. <laughs> You That's know what's funny? Part. It's funny is I don't I don't know maybe some Canadian chat if there's someone there they might know or maybe not. Um, they used to put these moose statues everywhere in Canada. I just realized I just clued in. I don't know why they just pop up everywhere. It was like a re- resembling something. It used to be a moose because they love and, moose. Yeah, I agree. What do you call oh, them? Yeah. Mice? They like mises, like a gang of mice, mooses, <laughs> mises, moose, and uh, and then they took them out. They took them up. Like companies were buying them. Companies were buying these big statues of moose and put them right in front of their lawn. I don't know what it was. So every company had one. They're a little bit different, a little tweaked, a little different. But there was still one somewhere in Toronto, and they actually put a, a mask on it. I thought it was pretty funny. But anyways, mm. that's my story. Great, great one. It's mm. okay. an amazing story. When, when, when you mount a moose or moose, how do you say that? Do you have to, like, build a stairway? How do you get up there? Yeah. <laughs> See, I like to... I like to put a love seat right there and like bounce on the love seat. Oh, okay. Boom. I think right uh, our our moose or meese are they? They're kind of mean, right? If they come up in your in your yard, you shouldn't be like you don't pet them, right? Yeah, no, you don't pet them. They are like one of the most deadly animals, are they not? No. Bad story. Are dude? Yeah, Cyber could know. He's in. Yeah, he's here. I don't know. He doesn't know either. I don't know why these companies were doing it, but anyways. So that's where your week was, Adam. That twenty sir, that's it, or what? No, that was not the week. I didn't finish my story. Why I was there so long? So this is what happened. So I got, I got the new. What is it? The VPLCGCX7. The VPX7.2099. I got that out. We got the the cores pulled. I'm using the True Blue hoses, two of them. Dualies, awesome, great. We're pulling down the vacuum. I use the pipe wiper. Pulled down like nothing. Boom. This is gonna be an easy day, right? Um, Mm -hmm. What happens? 
I have uh, I have one of my guys outside, and he goes to you know break the vacuum, open the valve a little bit, and then put the shaders in. He does that, and then he calls me outside. He's like, "Why does it seem like there's no pressure in the system?" And I'm like, "Hmm." So I go outside and I look at it. There's no pressure in the system, and he's got the valves all the way open and the shaders in. Interesting. So. I look at it and I pull one of the hoses off and it's actually in a vacuum. Uh, they didn't charge it from the factory. And at, oh, first that's I, tight. and at first I thought there was no leak or there was a leak, you know what I mean, in the unit. Yeah. So then I pressure yeah. tested it and then I start pulling a vacuum again. And let me tell you, this is a big freaking unit. So um, the factory charge that it comes with, 272 ounces. Do the math on that. 17, so, 17, 17, 17 pounds. pounds. Yeah. Wow. So I have to pull a vacuum on this huge freaking compressor, all the condenser coil. Um, Jeez. Man. And it took forever to get it down. And then there's a whole setup process you have to go through with the communicating system to get it going, charge it, all this BS when I finally got it down. And yeah, I was irritated, but... Uh, I'm gonna send them a bill. They owe me like a jug of refrigerant and labor for this. Great, right. that is the the evacuation stuff. It's it's interesting. We've talked about this kind of on the side, not really on the show, but you know, I see these people that post, even even some of the big, great, amazing trainers post these videos about how if you buy the true blue hoses, your evacuations are so fast and all this stuff, and it da 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 da. Rarely do I ever see anybody talking about vacuuming down on an actual compressor with oil in it or, a, you know, an existing system in refrigeration, mm -hmm. we're pulling down on stuff that's been running forever oh. and you never obtain perfect vacuums in refrigeration because, and the interesting thing is, is where it's almost the most critical because we get low temperatures and whatever, but it's so hard to pull a perfect vacuum, you know? Um, and like oh. you said, Adam, you, you pulled it on the line set and on the coil, the line set and the coil is nothing. It's the compressor oil. That's the killer. Yeah, right. You know, that's what takes forever. Right. And you got to heat up the oil, agitate the compressor, get the took me a good, probably, you know, from the time we were ready to get it going. And then until the time that I charged it, went through the setup process, set up airflow, all that BS, <clears throat> it's actually like three plus hours messing around with it. I did a, uh, I, I haven't made a video about it yet. I think I'm going to though, but um, I did a 15 ton split system where we fixed like 26 leaks on the evaporator coil. But what I did, I, I kind of faked that one. So the system had gas in it when I went up to it. And what I did was I recovered the gas, but I left about 10 PSI in the compressor and then it had ball valves and I ball valved off the condensing unit. So then I put on access ports on the other side of the condensing unit on the line set, basically. And the line set was like a hundred foot long. It's a really, it goes five stories up. So I went down to the evaporators, um, fixed all the leaks, then came up and I only evacuated the line set and the evaporators. And it still took two and a half hours with the VPX seven and three hoses, which is the 10 CFM pump. I mean, it still took forever to pull that thing down, not pulling on the oil. So imagine if I was pulling on the oil, that's that, you know, it takes yeah. forever. Those are the, uh, the pumps that you and Adam were supposed to do the uh, videos on. Yeah. On the, yeah, well, no, those, actually I'm, I'm staying along. away from that one. That's Adam. I guess. Oh. How's that video coming along? Yeah. How's it's, it going? Hey, listen, it took a nice video today. My hands are dirty. Oh, you want me to take a video when I'm sitting there MFing the manufacturer and I'm like <laughs> pissed off? Yeah. They charge this you for pump that. is awesome. I'm sitting here for three hours waiting for this MF to get down below 500. This is an awesome pump. I love it. But I did. <laughs> I, I did, I did. Hey. 
I did change uh, I was the. I ask. Uh, Shannon ch- did, said a good point. That's why you got to put a 14 seer Goodman. Uh, what was the reason why you went 20 seer? Uh, what was the uh, talk about with you and the owner? Like, how did that happen? He, I just gave him four options. And okay. he, he chose the. That's what he wanted. I'm like, oh, nice. Nice. He went with a Majolian Furnace and a 20 seer. Um, but what was I going to say? We were talking about vacuum, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I did the oil change on the fly today. That's pretty slick. I got to tell cool. you. That is cool. <laughs> I got to tell you. Yep. Liked it a lot. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get a hold of your helper, right? You got, um, and this day especially, I'm going to say, hey, helper, I forget his name. Uh, Johnny okay. Wang. Go, go Johnny kick. Wang. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Wang. Go kick the plug out. Go kick the plug out. What happens then? Mm. No comment. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain to comment. Okay. So there's, a, okay. there's a conflict of, so I'm not going to be making a review video on um, uh, the vacuum pump or the uh, leak detector because there's a conflict of interest. Field Peace asked me to promote those products and they paid me to promote them. So therefore, I'm going to steer clear of doing the review and that's why I'm leaning on Adam. So all the comments get to come from Adam on his likes and dislikes. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Jay, does that mean you have to disagree with everything Adam says then? Chris? Nope, I just no comment. He said I he said I didn't pipe wipe right. Pipe, the pipe wiper is freaking awesome. I got to tell you, it every time you put it in and you blow it through, you're like waiting for it to come out. You got, I'm on, you know, you're on the phone with somebody. Hey, is it is it out yet? No, not yet. Is it out yet? No, not yet. It's like there's a little pucker factor when you're waiting for that little, but they call them yeah. pigs, I think. You know? Yeah. You know what? It's good. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to bring it up actually because there was a big uh, thing discussion in the HVAC over time Facebook group about R11 and pipe wiper. So I never used a pipe wiper before. So why don't you tell the people who don't know what it is what it is? So it's first off, let me let me say something real quick before you give the description. I am deathly afraid of the pipe wiper. Now, Adam, say say it, what it is. It's the it's the sketchiest thing in the world when you're doing it. It's super mm-hmm. scary. It's like a wadded up piece of paper that you're just blowing through the system to try to scrape the sides of the. It's, pipe. it's a foam. It's like a, a little. Yeah, you it's like it's a spit basically water going it's, through a straw, but it, it's it's like a slug of Armaflex. Yeah, the, and they have different sizes for different size pipes, and then they have like these—they uh, call them launchers, I think—that you use a band clamp to put onto the copper, and then they—what are the other things called? You put like a net outside, and it catches these pigs, and man, it blasts that oil out. It's like if you're standing there, you'll be like painted. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that Michael's saying that because that's what I kind of stand by. I've done a lot of changeouts, and I put them out there. I don't care. Uh, short line set, different refrigerants. I'm not using wiper, and I'm not using uh Yeah, but the only reason so, why I did it today is because it was a 20 sear inverter, and I'm trying to, yeah. uh, you know, what I mean, I, I want this it. thing to last, right? You don't put Absolutely. a little thing on the on the end of the pipe to catch it. No, you do. It's like a yeah. little net. Yeah. Uh, I was telling uh, I was telling my helper to go outside and just put his mouth open in front of it. Oh my. God. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Who's the Rico Suave guy? Hey, Bill, see that picture there? Who's the Rico Suave guy over there? Are we are oh, we yeah. ignoring the fact that Joe's mic isn't working? Or are we going to yeah. no. We I don't care. As long as we can see him vertically, that's fine. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's let me, cool. Let me, let me let's, let's see if it's We so can't good. have cake and eat it too, Chris. Right. You, know, you know what? I've never used... Um, Jason Johnson says he'll stick with RX-11. I, I'll be honest with you. I've never used uh, a flush. I've never... I've only, I, The only thing I've ever done is nitrogen. Like held back on the 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 lines have somebody hold with like a rag or whatever build pressure release build pressure yeah. release 
I never liked the because I I talked to different um I don't know who they were engineers somebody from train blah 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 some guy at the bus stop right what what is what's the, what will happen if you leave a little bit of RX11 inside of the the line and he's like well that's bad you got to get it out and I'm like well what's yours worse oil or RX11 he's like probably RX11 I'm like well if you don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah, I'm just but not gonna RX11 use it. will just evaporate I mean it's a refrigerant so it's just gonna I mean, boil off. Yeah, but there's leftover stuff. Um, there's there's uh, residue residue basically yeah. from it. And so the first part of my career, um, I used RX11. I used acid neutralizers, all those different things. You just kind of, if you had a burnout, you'd read on the bottle. It says pour a bottle and a half in the compressor. You tilt it over, pour it in there. I used it for a majority of my career, um, and I can't say that I ever had a problem with a flush or an acid neutralizer or whatever. I, I never had a problem with it, but um, later in my career, the last 10 years, I've gotten away from using anything. All that I use, just because I really yeah. start to understand the science of the system more. And yes, I never had a problem before, you know, but I just don't like it. I yeah. don't like using flushes and nothing against people that do. It's just my choice. I just don't use flush anymore. Um, Interestingly enough, most people don't know if you're using RX11, there's a, there's a specific way you're supposed to use it. If you read the back or you talk to the manufacturer, RX11 doesn't work unless you pinch off the pipe and create a massive restriction oh, in the system. Yeah. yeah, because what you need, you don't want the RX11 to just pass through the system. You want it to scrub the walls of the pipe. And so you want it to back up oh. and have a huge buildup. So kind of like a pipe wiper. Yeah, kind of like a pipe wiper, but you want it to, to to have pressure. So whenever I did, I could never pinch off the end. So I would just hold my hand over it, you know, and slowly let pressure, 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 and then let it build up and then boom, just let it go. And you would see oil come out. But I was always scared because it's like how much went in and did it all come out? And yes, it does evaporate. Um, but I just don't feel comfortable with any of the additives. I, I stick to just nitrogen now. So like I just did a burnout this week on a carrier package unit. And what I did was um, I just gave Camaro on top of that. Hold the compressor out, took the top off the unit, cut the liquid line. Uh, it was a fixed orifice carrier. So it had the accurator metering devices. So I blew from the suction side backwards through the liquid line, um, you know, and just purged the system out. A bunch of oil came out of the evaporator. Then I purged the lines individually. Then I purged the condenser. Then I put it all back together pressure test and pull a vacuum and i've been doing that for the last 10 years now and uh i mean everything's fine so i don't use any additives at all we yesterday um actually the guy that works at i think the manager at one of the distributors i buy from he uh his mom called us he had a four-year-old unit that he personally installed in his mom's house and the compressor was shorted the ground um, so he got it finagled through somehow, or he got a free unit and he wanted me to install it. And, uh, holy crap, that was another one that was super hard to pull down a vacuum on. I had to break it like probably eight times or something like that with nitrogen. Oh. Yeah, I see. I don't usually break vacuums with nitrogen. I, I understand the concept of it. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, we used, we were taught so much to do a triple evacuation coming up. And, you know, obviously with bigger hoses and stuff, there's not as much need for that. Um, but if you have, you know, you're trying to get a lot of moisture out, like I can understand introducing dry nitrogen to try to get it out and stuff like that. But um, 
I just let an evacuation run, uh, go with the big hoses, and then I'll sometimes take a map gas torch, heat up the bottom of the compressor, get the oil nice and hot, and you'll notice that stuff will come out quick. If you I get know, but this was a br- this is a brand new unit, so we weren't pulling on a compressor. It was just lines. Oh, got oil. you. And it was a short line set, maybe twenty feet, something like that. So it wasn't bad at all. And it took. So maybe there wasn't a good vacuum pulled originally when he saw. I don't know. Not, yeah. Not pointing fingers, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm pointing fingers. <laughs> um now bill that uh chiller is that the one that uh, john is saying he put the oil in or it's a different one no it's a similar one. Oh, cool pretty cool what, what happened with that unit do you know or no idea no okay. we're just we're just setting a uh, temporary chiller in its place for now oh no way to uh yeah to get him some cool some comfort for this weekend apparently so if you have you this is the first temporary chiller I've ever even dealt with. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't even know there was a thing that you could just bring in a chiller on the back of a truck and um, yeah. drop it in a parking lot and run these hoses. So we had to run, uh, shoot, altogether we had to run 650 foot of wire from the chiller up to the penthouse, right? We had to run 650 foot because the wire that they gave us wasn't large enough to handle the length and the amp draw, so we had to double tap it. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's nightmarish my arms are jelly from pulling wire all day absolutely yeah, um i don't want to cut your story off but the techie guys in here the electronic guys in here um some buildings do it too or guys who who see the these huge high rise for the elevator system they do something with a lot of electrical wires too once every i don't know how long what is that that's a lot of lines i forget what it is but they do something and they bring fucking lines everywhere through the whole building for something to do with the programming of the elevator. I don't know what it is, but anyways. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're you talking about elevators? Me. Sorry? Talking about elevators? Yeah, it's just something. It's just lines. Like, there's electrical lines, like, all, like, heavy lines, long lines. Like, there's fucking carts full. Hmm. And I can't remember why they do it, but the guy told like, me, but I can't remember. Like, the, the amount of wire. I, like, I've honestly never seen this much wire before. Like, the guy told me it's thirty thousand dollars with just wiring it's oh yeah mind-boggling you um kind of reminded me of a story uh i used to work for a, a fish restaurant that bought or they they moved into a shopping mall in an abandoned movie theater right so this building's five stories tall it was like an imax theater so it was huge right and it's just a restaurant in there now so they have just a bunch of dead space in the attic tons and tons of dead space and i worked there for years and you would always see stuff left over from the movie theater. So I'd walk by these conduits all the time and there'd be just wire hanging out of the conduits. And it's like, what is that? You know? And one day I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I wonder if I can scrap that wire, you know? So I was just kind of curious and I just grabbed some of it and pulled on it and gravity took its toll and the wire started coming out of the conduit and it's, it's spooling up on the drop ceiling, just, just coming out. Cause it wasn't connected mm. to anything. And I just started piling up and, piling, and I'm starting to get scared because there's a large pile of 10 gauge wire on the, the ceiling tiles, you know, now just sitting there, just, you can hear it coming and coming and coming. There was hundreds of feet of wire that just came out and it was just sitting there. I took it all home and I was like, I'm going to scrap this stuff. And I started <laughs> to try to strip it. And I was like, yeah, screw that. I threw it 87 all away. cents worth of copper. I in there. threw it all away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uncle, I don't think it's just for um, modernizing. It's something to do testing, some testing of something. I don't know. I'll find out. I'll figure out. And then they, 
it's a it's a it's a very expensive high rise put it that way and so they i think they were changing some rooms up i had to move some piping out of the way because they want to make it easier for this routine they do so anyways so it's, I was like a, say, it's a know, routine huh it's a routine like they do this for like, a reason I don't like know a dance why. routine sorry like a dance routine yeah it's like a wire dance a wire dance. <laughs> yeah. I have noticed, I wanted to say too, I've noticed more lately, it seems to be at shopping malls, you go into some of those big department stores, and uh, I can think of two in my area right now that have temporary chillers sitting on their back cool. docks. You know, and it's like, these places have probably had stuff down for a very long time, and then they're opening back up, and they're like, yeah, we're not changing it, just get a temporary in here, you know, and Jeez, man. trying to how see much, if they can survive. How much do they go for those things like to, to rent one? I have no idea. I heard it's like ten grand for the week. That's awesome, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, seems like a good investment to buy a big portable chiller. I've I've yeah. kind of gone back and forth, uh, and I'm leaning away from it right now. But uh, for from buying a refrigerated truck, I've thought about that, so that way I don't have to rush walking cooler changeouts all the time. The only nice. the thing that's really pushing me away from it is the liability. So, okay, hey, I've got this refrigerator truck. I'm going to put it in front of your restaurant, but then the refrigerator truck takes a crap, and then it's all on me, you know? So it's like, nah, I'd rather just stress it. Can't you do something where you have, like, a Wi-Fi connection? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you could do all kinds of things And then you could like have that. it alarm you, and, uh, yeah. I mean, you can always farm it out. So we always do. There's there's plenty of companies that already have invested in yeah. Big yeah. giant reefer trucks and, and they'll take all the liability, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's the it's very rare that I've used refrigerated trucks. I can think of two times that I've done it doing a walk-in change out, but it's so much nicer when you have a refrigerated truck because you're just mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm gonna come one day and do the line set, hang the coils, and then we'll come the next day and do the condensing unit. You know, you nope. don't stress so can't much. Can't do it. You gotta do it all on the same day. I need it running by five o'clock. That's well shit. We get it. our walk-ins are running by uh one or two. So we bust our asses getting them done nice. usually. That could be a little good, uh, little investment kind of. I've also thought item. about buying a, um, uh, a warehouse. I mean, this is just random thoughts that have gone through my head. Buy a warehouse that ha and put ice machines in it, and sell yeah. ice. So when I, but then, then I'm like, hey, yeah, I can't fix your ice machine, but I can sell you some ice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm too busy, too busy at my ice factory. Yeah, <laughs> you're just standing there in the. Just standing there with a scoop and a bag, scooping ice. <laughs> hey guys, in today's yeah. video, we're gonna scoop some ice in a bag. <laughs> I'm hiring guys. I'm hiring. There's yeah. uh, there's like this ice house near where I grew up, and uh, it's just like this building, and you can get bags of ice, but they also have this like big cage, and I don't remember how much it is, but a big block like this will pop out of just a solid block of ice. Yeah. Who buys solid blocks of ice like that? I don't understand. Ice carvers. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's not my thing. We've got a um. There's a when I'm on my way home every day, I pass by it. There's a, a catering company. It's not a catering company. It's one of these companies that has all the roach coaches, all the freaking food trucks come and park there. But they have this, you know, that that go to job sites and sell the shitty food or whatever. But they have a a giant um building with ice machines on top. Like you can see the condensed units, and then it just has bay doors, and it just drops shaved ice down under the floor. And then they fill up the roach coaches with shaved ice every single day. But it's interesting to drive by thinking, yeah, they just open those doors up and scoop the ice and put it in the trucks. And they'll use tractors and things to scoop it too. Yeah, that's that's almost like an idea an old, old friend of mine once had. 
I used to live up near a lake and his idea was to get a minivan and two chest freezers, fill them with water, put them in the minivan first, fill them with water and then fill them with live minnows and then drive around and sell live minnows. Hmm. Logistically, there's like 10 problems wrong with that. Just in that statement right there. Well, as I, I would think as if, if, if the water starts going down in the tank as he's selling, no, the minnows, no, they're, right? they're, he just wanted to put chest freezers in inside and just fill them with water. Aren't they leak? Don't they leak? They might. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This is his idea. Like this was pitched to me. Just think of the water as, as a business. Around. That's what I think about. That's, that's the first thing I said. Like, how, man, you go around a corner, you're going to tip right over. How, yeah. Although there's Whoa. people up here, especially in the Maritimes, uh, that put big coolers in the back of their pickups and sell like lobster and shit. Wow. That's not this man. That's, but, those like, are those guys that like come up to you and they say, hey, uh, I sell these and there's a bunch of, you know, they gave me a bunch more meat than, uh, <laughs> than I paid for today. So I got to get rid of this. This is one day, one time only you, you got to buy it. The guy, when I, I used to live in a, um, another area and they, they, for some reason they would always knock on my door. Hey dude, you know what? My boss told me I can't come back with this meat in my truck, dude. And I just, I'll, I'll give it to you really cheap, dude. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to buy freaking steaks from some random ass dude knocking on my door who doesn't even have a freaking name <laughs> oh. on his truck. Like, uh, dude, I did, I did once. I did. And the only reason why, I li listen to this. So I pull in my driveway and mind you, like 10, 15 minutes away, all of a sudden I'm feeling like bubbles in my stomach, right? It's starting. Mm. It's starting. So I'm like hurrying up to get home, doing a little like, you know, just kind of squeezing it together. Moment? Yeah. Crossing my legs, <laughs> driving home. And then call I- that the, the Chris clinch. Yeah. So, so I, I turned to go in my driveway and my wife's outside talking to some dude and there's a dude in our driveway with a truck and a broken down freezer. And I walk up to go into the house and she's like, well, I don't know too much about this, but you could talk to my husband. I'm like, oh, oh, nice. She pushed it over to me. Mind you, I'm ready to crab my pants any second. And the guy's like, give me a spiel. I'm like, whatever. Here, here's a hundred bucks. I don't care. I'm going in the house right now. <laughs> so I bought it and the meat sucked. It was awful. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I bought cheeses. Man. I bought cheese and it was good. I was going to say, when Joe was telling his story, so in my house, I, on Saturdays, I get this really annoying guy that walks by with a freaking cart and a fucking horn. He honks it, and he's trying to sell me corn and all kinds of shit like that. Joe's up there; corn? they're selling lobsters. Joe's got a traveling guy pushing a cart down the road selling lobsters. You got a you got a special needs guy with a horn selling corn. Yes, dude, it drives me nuts. And he stands like outside. I swear, he just stands outside my house honking the fucking horn, and I'm screaming at him through the window. God damn it! Get the fuck out of hey. here! He's standing in front of my fucking house, just honking the horn. She's like, he's trying to get people's attention. I was all, what is it? Is it like mine. the? Is it the Mexican corn? Uh, yeah, that stuff is awesome. Just buy his oh, no. corn. No, that's no, but he'll keep coming back, bro. I hate it. Huh? I'd rather go. Yeah. You know, like I'll genuinely don't, don't go down him. to don't the corner. I'll go to the corner and buy it as long as he's not standing in front of my well, house. That's what you need to do. You need house. to you need to go around the block and go to your corner and flag him down in the corner and keep doing that. So he's like, I get a lot of business on this corner, and then he'll just <laughs> stay there. Wear, wear a fake mustache though, because he'll see you come out of your house one day, and then he'll just stand there and honk his horn. I think it's like the Pavlov 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 dog. Pavlov Pavlov. Yeah. Barbara Pavlin. Well, thank you, Leroy. Um. Did you ever happen uh, to figure out why they, that place put a friggin' uh, return damper in that single return? No, and I got to tell you, the comments lit me up. People are like, it's there for balancing reasons. Bullshit. 
It is, is it a one-story building? It is a one-story building. It is a four-ton. It's an entire open space. It's a four-ton unit with a single 16-inch return drop that's six feet long. That's it. And it had a freaking damper on the return and none on the supply. That was a mistake, and that should never have been there. And it had a full-blown economizer, so there's no reason. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I thank you for reminding me about this, too, because I wanted to talk about this. So, it, recap. I, I threw out a video last week triaging a bunch of ACs, a bunch of problems. And one of them, it was having an airflow problem. And I found that a return air damper came loose and slammed shut. And so, the unit just was suffocating, basically. So, um. I wanted to talk about air balancing. You know, I know that you're supposed to have people come in and air balance your building, but I am of the opinion that, and I know, you know, what people are going to say, but I think that nobody should ever be slowing down the airflow to your air conditioner. If they slow down the airflow to try to balance out the building, they're reducing the performance of your unit. Bottom yeah. line, there's no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts about it. You do are not you have saying, a you're window. Just saying of the, you're saying the return. Anything, supply or return. Dampers in general. I, I mean, and I understand why people put in dampers. I've put them in before too. But dampers really are, in my opinion, to solve uh, poor duct design problems. Because if you design your duct work on point and perfect, which I've never done, so I'm, I'm just saying, but if you design your system correctly, you have no need for dampers. See, uh, in well, my the only, opinion. Yeah, the only place I've Unless seen... Unless they're fresh air dampers. Right. Yeah, like, that's like an outside air damper, but that's just going to bring air from the outside. Yeah. And and their uh, fresh air damper, like on an economizer, is going to, if, if it's a full-blown economizer, it's going to proportionally close the return air coming from the building and bring in outside air to compensate and give you the proper airflow 100%. So you're not messing things up except for bringing in you know I mean, warm. I think dampers are okay if you actually have decent static, right? And you have decent airflow. And if you're able to actually balance the system with the dampers and you're still maintaining decent static and decent airflow, you're good. That's fair enough. But fair enough. if you're starting to close things down while you're balancing, static's rising, CFM's dropping, um, yeah, you know. See, where I've seen them before is, let's say you have a high-rise and they have the makeup air for the whole, you know, the high-rise corridors and whatnot, and they have individual, let's say, corridors. They might have those, you know, those long train systems but they're, how can I explain it? They're all, they're almost like a variable air. They have dampers just to control the static or to control um, pressures in, the, in that space. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Now, but they're now, all, yeah. If it's an engineered system, engineered, like where a legit engineer came in and set it up for the dampers, then yes. so be it. But we're just talking these stupid little dampers that no, just go and turn. Those things are not. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I realize that, you know, some codes requirements, stuff like that, but I just get frustrated. Like even air balancing, commercial air balancing for my restaurants, I'll have uh, stickers on the side of my air conditioners where the balancing companies come in and they change all the pulleys, they change the airflow. And when they do that, they're, they're jacking up the performance of my unit, period. The air balance guys do not know how my air conditioner is meant to work. And when they slow it down and speed it up and different things like that, I they're agree. screwing with the, the, the way the unit was designed. It hey, came with a pulley on it. If yeah. it has the proper static pressure and the ductwork was designed right, it's going to move the right amount of air through that AC. Going back to that damper on the return, is it in a space where like maybe somebody, you know, redneck engineered it. So they put a damper in the return because there's some sort of 
random heat loads in that space, like a kitchen. It sits above a grill, you know. I mean, it's wanna... it's above it's above the waitress line in a kitchen, but uh, there's so no nothing... there's no justification for it. And, and it's a four ton unit. What are you moving? Twelve hundred yeah. CFMs. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. and if it, the video, there's nine air conditioners in that restaurant. It's it's and it's all stupid. There's nine four ton units. It's what, dumb. What what but. CFM per ton are you are you moving in? Well, basically 400 CFMs per ton here. Okay, that's what we go by. But we don't have humidity. You know, our 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 relative humidity on average in the summertime is like 15. percent So, hmm. you know, we 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 typically move so 400 CFMs per ton. You could even do more than that, then, right? Yeah, you could you could tweak it up to 450 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, we don't have moisture problems here. Like it's very rare. You know, I, I mean, there's going to be condensate coming out of the units, but it's not like in Florida where if the condensate's not coming out, you can judge a unit not working. In my area, you might see a drip drip coming out of the condensate drain. That's it. So, but, yeah, yeah, today, though, I had a, um, a scheduled job where I had to go out and change some smoke detectors. I made a video about it a couple months back where I had to climb in an attic and it was kind of difficult getting to it. And we scheduled for the alarm company to come out and we relocated all the smoke detectors from the attic up to the package units on the roof. And, uh, it was, it was, it was, it went pretty good, but there's still a problem with the fire alarm side. They're having an issue with something. Um, and I kind of got into a little back and forth with the fire alarm tech that was there today because he just was being dumb. Um, but yeah, it was cool though. It was just kind of a long day just running thermostat wires and retrofitting the building, you know, trying to get the smoke detectors all working right. Are they working? I know one of them, if I remember, uh, oh, Leroy's message got deleted for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, Let me cut in real quick. Leroy said he agrees. Dampers are a Band-Aid for shit duck designs. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people <laughs> preach that. Uh I was going to say, uh, Chris, there was, a, there was one, if I remember, from I think you showed it in our live. Uh, one of the dampers was so, was so close to the wall, or you couldn't even get to it. Did you have to relocate it or? Uh, the smoke detector? Yes, yeah, smoke detector, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just left them in place. I, yeah. I, was, I just pulled the, the alarm wiring out of them and just moved them up to the roof. So now, if, you, if you can, like on the communication side, is it pretty, like I never really screwed around with one is yeah, it pretty basic on the communication simple, side super simple the the fire alarm there's there's two things happening in your duct detector okay um it's monitoring for a fire condition um and then also it's controlling your air conditioner in case of a fire condition too so you have the fire alarm company coming in with two wires that's it just two wires they're running to a contact that's normally open and they're looking for that contact to close to say there's a fire and whatever happens, however what, you do what, the deck what, what voltage is it? You can be, uh, I've yeah, seen 120 or yeah. 24 volts. All my stuff is 24 volts. Okay. So super easy. It's, it's just a, a, a bunch of relays is all that it is. So super okay. easy. You can just basically wire it up. But the fire alarm side, there's a little bit going on in there. And that's kind of a gray area when it comes to the fire alarm because some people say it's life safety devices. We can't touch the fire alarm. I do. I don't have any problems with it. I don't get into the fire alarm panels, but I'll just grab their wires at the duct detector, remove them. This morning, the fire alarm tech, uh, you know, they were scheduled to meet me out there and they were kind of like, well, we don't have time to do anything. We'll have to come back. And I said, just bring me some of your guys' red thermostat wire because I didn't have any. 
And I said, bring me some end line resistors and I'll take care of the rest. So he literally just walked in, handed me thermostat wire and end line resistors and left. Um, I wish he would have stayed later because we ended up having a problem on their side. And now I have to go back with them to do a meetup, which is kind of frustrating because it's like, man, I wanted to be done with that job today. So tell me if this is right or not. I saw a job that um, I worked on a couple of units at this building and they had that red thermostat wire looking stuff that was not in conduit or anything it was uh-huh. exposed leaving the air handler or the uh, rooftop and then dropping down through like a pitch pan or pitch pocket yeah. whatever you call it um but then when you look on the inside this didn't seem right to me but i'm you know i'm mostly do residential but it was hooked to the line side of the contactor uh the thermostat wire yeah it was like high voltage on the thermostat yeah, wire, I like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know I, they they might have just been using it, the contactor as a relay or something like that. But you can't run that wire exposed, right? It's got to be in a conduit or something, doesn't it? Okay, so on the on roof, it? it should be in a conduit. But uh, data cable and control wire is never ran in conduit in the attics. So here where I'm at, you're never going to see data wire, control wiring in conduit. You'll see it. You should have it in conduit yeah, on the roof. Here. It shouldn't be exposed. But once it gets in there... And you can safely now code and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's up to code. But um, there's, a, there's a right and a wrong way to run data cable exposed in the attic, okay? You, you, you want to secure it as best as possible to things. But then, you know, like, for instance, a lot of people like to secure data cable to the drop ceiling um, wire. Drop ceiling wire is usually kind of like um, fence wire or whatever you want to call yeah. it. You can secure it to that, but you have to, if you secure a thermostat wire to a metal thing and you tape it like this or like this, it's going to rub out. So you have to double zip tie it. So you do one zip tie, then another zip tie to it. Then you secure it and it'll be perfect. But also um, make sure you're running away from your high voltage lines. Yeah. Yeah. The, that is a good point, but I will say that there's a lot of thermostat wire that I've seen ran with high voltage and you know majority of the time you're not going to see as many problems but you do want to you know keep it away from high voltage to try to stop the what is it the impedance or whatever electric emf or whatever yeah, something like that yeah the electrical impedance uh, actually one fact, of my real quick fun fact um it, i remember my mind exploded when i first learned how shielded thermostat wire works you ever ran shielded thermostat wire? With the silver tape in it? With the silver tape in it. It yeah. has silver tape and it's supposed to be, if Mini you're going to run next to it with, um, you know, high voltage wires or something like that, if you're going to have long runs of thermostat wire, you want to run it in shielded wire, right? Yeah. So shielded wire has like a metallic jacket around it. Um, but what I, I remember when I figured this out, and I would say it was about 10 years ago, I was reading something and I realized that for shielded wire to work properly, you're supposed to ground one end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Only one end, not oh. both ends. Hmm. I didn't know it was both ends. <laughs> in, in, in Heatcraft, interesting, Heatcraft will tell you that because Heatcraft oh, wants you to use shielded wire for their for their um, uh, electronic control boards on like the evaporator coils and stuff like that, the oh, communicating yeah. evaporators. And they specifically say only ground one side of the shielded cable. Wow. Something happens inside of it if you ground hey, the. I don't know if they get they some say. kind of weird feedback or something. You think we have a couple electronic guys in the chat? You think maybe we- they could say, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. ask Clive, RTFM, right? Yeah. Clive's so uh, to to clarify, if people don't understand, shielded thermostat wire has um, a metallic aluminum foil jacket around the thermostat wire, and it's supposed to stop like 
I don't know, feedback or EMF crap or something like that. It's a little to, techie for my brain. Supposed hmm. to stop. John, our good boy John, he what came he up first. Ground if the signal do, receiving in. If you do both ends, it turns into an antenna. So I guess you pick up. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Like ham radio from China. Yeah. <laughs> it probably, I would imagine, maybe amplifies whatever other yeah. electrical signals that are floating around in there. See, look at the chats going off right now. Everybody's I remember one time it. I took a thin piece of thermostat wire and I was working on a 480 rooftop unit. And in the video, I wrapped the thermostat wire around this 480 line. Mm. I'm, I don't know. I must have done it 20, 20 lengths or whatever, 20 wraps, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And then uh, powered it on. And then I measured a, uh, a just a little tiny bit of voltage on that thermostat wire. I mean, obviously it wasn't in contact with it, but it's the, uh, you know, operates just like a transformer would magnetic induction. Yeah. That, that, we're getting way techie for my brain right now. I just know the concepts like don't do this cause weird shit can happen. And that's all I know. So, you know what? I've been drinking this new tea today mm-hmm. and it's fucking disgusting. It? it's gross. It tastes like the inside of my pocket. Bill's going to be licking the receptacles <laughs> later. Uh, it's like mushroom tea. I'm trying to think of I that. wish. I wish. Like, I wish there was something good that would come out of this tea, but it's not. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's not even chamomile. It's some sort of other garbage tea that I got for some reason. The, uh, ta- is it Tazo? Tazo? Tazo tea? Might be that. Yeah. Is that a filter inside like Tazo? No, that was pretty My good. My wife picked it out. Chamomile tea and their orange tea is pretty what good. Is I mix one. What is this garbage? What? Cozy chamomile. Yeah, it is chamomile. It's hmm. Bigelow. Bigelow tea. So if you guys are watching this, don't get fucking Bigelow chamomile tea. <laughs> My favorite is the um, Sick. stash, stash chamomile, stash tea. Mm. That's what my wife that's, usually gets. It's not expensive. It's just that sounds whatever. like it's uh, infused with some special oh. stuff. No, no, it's not no, pot tea. No. Guess what? I forgot to mention. I, I we got a dog. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. How's pissy dog doing, <laughs> Adam? So so in the chat, right? So Adam told us four guys is like yeah we got a dog and he sent a picture of this cute dog and then the next morning the dog pissed on my bedroom floor that's all we get (laughs) (laughs) sleep on your bedroom floor (laughs) no he wasn't even she she wasn't even in there i got up and i'm like i gotta let her out my son's like i just had her out okay cool which is weird he was up with her he's like obsessed with his dog so this is like 5 15 in the morning right Uh okay so i'm gonna start getting ready go back into my room she follows me Turns around, pisses right in front of me. I'm like, oh, just kick her right into the wall. So man. <laughs> that that would have been a test for me because normally that ends up with me getting violent, and mm-hmm. um, I have to be very cautious and try to control my rage. And that's what I went to therapy for. Good, um, Good. because I've done you just pick the, the dog up, like pull yeah, his see, legs off. I've been listening to a lot of self help books recently, and I think it's paying off. Good. Mm. I, you know, as long as you don't do the shit that I've done, you're going to be doing good. <laughs> so don't do it. Um, f- uh, funny, you know, I'll break this this little chat with some boiler talks. We're talking with boys. I don't know if you guys you don't need like, you don't need to give us a preemptive explanation of how you're going to break into the conversation. You just bust in here all the time anyway. Right. Right. Good call. By the way, not not to interrupt your story, but I'm interrupting your story. If it was Here's a valid shit story, I wouldn't do it. But since it's not. I'm good for it. I had a little call. You know, this is what's great about this little hangout because we could talk about people in chat, could talk about their shit stories, literally not shit stories, our shit stories, but you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And we could pick up on these stupid little things that happen, but this is a little thing that happened that took a little uh, curveball. All right, spit it out, Joe. 
there was a hydraulic system I did, uh, snow melt. It was for back and and uh, porch Are you area. Snow melt. It's summertime. Yeah, I'm finish up a job, and it's oh part of my job. Goodness. I know. I know. And um, I was having trouble with flow, and uh, you know how valves usually have that, the co uh, coefficient values. You know how much you can psi, blah blah blah. So I'm thinking of my thermostatic basic valve because I was using a you could say a floor warming for. Um, outdoor three loops and another three loops on the other side, I believe. But I'm thinking, wow, this should still do it. And my pump is more than big enough, blah, blah, blah. So I, I changed it and I'll still gain shitty flow. And then I remembered going, let me, let me take it out again for a second. I took it out and guys, I'm going to preach this right now. Seat. Guys, what? if you ever have to stop a small hole anywhere, it's Flex called tape. fix a leak. Flex Anyways, tape. I forgot I put the stuff inside, and the plunger wasn't wasn't coming back, so it was getting way too hot on my on my loop ends. So, anyways, the fix a leak was getting jammed up. So what I did, anyways, let's back up for a minute. This is yeah. a new system that you installed. Why are you putting fix a leak in your new systems, Joe? That's a good question. Someone screwed up. Put it that way. Someone screwed up. And I don't not want anything out of it. I want to get out of this place. <laughs> that, seems, that seems risky. That's like fix a leak is eventually gonna cause yeah. a leak. Now the thing, no, no. The thing is, if it was a big hole, like I, I, I use my judgment. If obviously if it's a big hole, it's leaking. I, I monitor my level. Um, I'm not gonna do that. But because it was very tiny, something I don't know what happened. I don't think it was on my end. Obviously, it was their end. I just put this fix a leak in, and I put it in. I don't care. I once in a while I do it. So, anyways, the plunger wasn't going out. Change it to a valve stem thermostatic mixing valve, and everything's all is good. But I'm telling you guys, if you ever have to stop a pinhole leak, any leak, maybe seams, an old system, an old system, I've come across. Oh, what do we gotta do? We gotta dig up this. We gotta dig up that. My tubes are got frozen. Fix a leak. I put it in. That was our last choice. It worked. I'm I'm yeah. thinking. I think there's a Canadian YouTuber that tries to sell fix a leak shit all the time. Who is it? I don't know. Who this stuff's magical. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. The TXP oh. guy? No, not that one. There's another one. Uh, I I don't condone it, but sometimes you just no, have to um, be honest. I actually need something because I have a customer. I, I'm not, I don't think that would work, but I need to come up with like a two-part epoxy or something because I have a drain pan on a walk-in evaporator and the customer's like, I don't have any money, you know? And so they're like, can you oh. try something? And I was like, well, I'm going to charge you to try some crap or something like that i don't know how long it's gonna last you gotta give but... them different levels be like all right so for two hundred dollars i'm gonna give you mm. bubble yum bubble gum <laughs> yeah okay well well it's funny because he's like hey can you do anything we don't want to change those drain pans right now i think the quote's like dude i want to say it's like eighteen hundred dollars or something yeah, they're, like they're drain pans you know they're big drain pans but but the most of the money is is both of the evaporator coils need to be cleaned and they're uh, space saver ceiling mounted coils. So we got to drop them to clean them. So I'm like, okay, well, we're still going to have a rather large bill because we got to get in there and clean the evaporators. And then I'm going to put some glue on your freaking drain pans, you know, but yeah. Hmm. yeah, whatever. I don't, I've never put glue on a drain pan before or epoxy or something. I'm sure there's something I can put on it. Flex seal. I'm yeah, sure I can do something. Can you yeah. just like patch it and take a little chunk of sheet metal and silicone that shit right now i'm not gonna do that but yeah i could you know listen sometimes there's these big package units are so old and so big you don't even want to touch anything you can't even take it out you have no choice to patch it up you know yeah. well in the past we would i i was thinking about like uh we used to use uh for swamp coolers we used to coat the bottom of swamp coolers when they would start to rot out and you would just drain them and then put down 
the the coating crap on the inside of the drain pan. So I think I'll probably coat on the inside, just this, clean it really good, and then just paint on some. Yeah. How big is something. how big is this hole? They're tiny pinholes, dude. It's just the whole evaporator is rotting out. There's pinholes all over. Oh, okay. So it's not like a quarter size hole. No, you, we're talking yeah. like we're talking like the tiniest drip. I got yeah. you. I, I had a uh, I had a customer that had old ream rooftops, right? And when I would go there, he would complain about one of them like leaking water all the time. So he came up with this like crazy like aluminum flat stock coil that you use for your soffits and fascia and all that. Um, and he bent it up as like a secondary drain pan. But mm-hmm. like none of the corners were sealed or anything. It's not catching any water. And I, um, he, he did that. You know, he goes up there when he's changing the filters. So I looked at it. I'm like, there's no trap in your drain. So I ripped all his shit out of there and I just put a trap in the drain. And I left it and I came back like two years later because he goes up there and changes the filters and he put it back in again and he cut the trap out of the drain. Oh, he took the remove the trap. So I ripped the shit back out again. And I put the trap back in. We're, we're, it's like a, we're playing like cat and mouse with this thing. You know? He's like the, the trap keeps getting plugged. It keeps getting plugged up. Just the, when I used to do a hospital. Um, work at, we would work on water cooled stuff all the time and we get a call for like the data room the server room AC not working and you'd go over there and you'd be like dude the condenser is completely fouled it's plugged up it's a you know a tube and fin or a uh, shell and tube condenser and you go to grab the strainer and you pull it out there's no strainer it's like what I'll go to engineering where's the strainers at oh yeah they, they plug up like every week so we just take them out like the- oh, wow. Dude, so now I'm going to spend 12 hours cleaning this freaking condenser, you know, like, come on, guys. That's their their thing is, yeah, the strainers plug up too much, so we just take them out. It's like, why don't you put a bigger strainer on there then, dude? Like, so it lasts a little bit longer, you know? It's a good put thing that muddy water bad, from the freaking a bad idea. Yeah. And, you know, they're maintenance guys. That's what their job is. Maybe they should just do it. So this, this particular place was, um, it was an older system, so... It was an open loop system. They had a cooling tower outside. So basically there would be mud. And where our equipment typically was, was in the basement. So they would pump the water into the building um, and it would get kind of stuck in the basement area. So the sediment would tend to stay down there. But that's why they would always freaking pull the strainers out. It was dumb. Yeah, if, if you can, Uncle, I've done that. Just make something up and put it right on top of the old one. I'm pretty sure all of you, you guys might have done the same. Like bend up a new pen and just put it right on top of the old one. Now, if the trap my, is able to work. Yeah. Out. In my yeah. situation, that's not going to happen because we're talking yeah. about a uh, evaporator drain pen that has fan yeah. blades in it and everything. But yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, it makes a unit take a leak. Hey. Do me a favor, guys. Mm. Uh, we've got 115 people in here watching right now. Smash the thumbs up button. Definitely. Yeah, no, you don't have bit. to smash it. You can push it lightly. Push it like and let me tell you, my arms are like jelly right now from pulling wire all day. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a long time since I really, really like just I had a day that kicked my ass like this. Yeah, I tell you what, man, 350 foot of four gauge wire up the side of a mall, fucking just it's like doing CrossFit, man. So, wait, you, you, you pushed it up, pulled it, pulled it from the top. No. We had the truck drop off two, like it, it came in on a flatbed. All the wiring came in on a uh-huh. flatbed, uh-huh. dumped it off. And then we had to, you know, kind of take it over wow. to the uh, edge of the mall so we could rope it up the side of the of the mall. Somebody went up top, dropped a rope down. And the, all these wire, they come in, it comes in like 25 foot sections, but they all click together and lock. Mm-hmm. So 
we got the one pulled up and we just locked them together and kept pulling them up one at a time. Just a just a big long rope of fucking electrical wire, man. So so is this in conduit? Uh, no, conduit. no, it's it's like insulated. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's so it's, it's temporary. It's, okay, gotcha. Like it's it's gigantic SOJ cord to me is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. I know yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's just crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy how much that wire weighs. Like, you just oh, look yeah. at him like, ah, oh, I can't weigh that much. Then you're dragging it, you know, 40 feet up the side of a mall. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get at this job, Adam. They called and I passed the buck to somebody else above me because I didn't want to get involved. But apparently, this big job, they want us to put a unit in. And as soon as she says, yeah, so we don't have gas up here, we have uh, geothermal. I'm like, oh. I started going, oh boy, how how are we gonna get 150,000 BTUs to heat up your air and your water, right? So I just passed it on. But if I get it, they said she says it's engineered in. So I don't know how they did it. I'm it's really engineered concerned. in to pull that much heat out of the earth. They somehow. have that much room in there. Well, it's thing. a new build, a new build for this uh, for oh, this area. Okay. Okay. But they want to pre use a pre-existing geothermal, and I'm like, you need at least 150,000 BTUs for water and your air. Where are you going to get all that tonnage of heat from the geothermal? Yeah. It's going to starve the system. Do you guys have like actual um, uh, engineer drawing it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking they sometimes do. like they'll have, they'll use geothermal in areas where they have like um, ground, hotter than normal ground like water. volcanic crap in the ground and stuff like that. Oh, like natural. What do you call it. that stuff? I'm trying to think of a word I right now. I have no idea. Like, I um, doubt it. I like hot farts. Is that what you're thinking of? Like, uh, <laughs> like, are you talking about Old uh, Faithful? Well, like stuff like that. Yeah, they have like I can't think of the word right now, but hot farts. Phrase. But That's they the have word. stuff underground where you actually have like mass amounts of heat that you can get um, really? in certain tunnel? areas that are like. Uh, well, they don't know. have this. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'm curious. I'm gonna see. She was a little naive on the subject, so I'll, I'll see what uh, what happens. And uh, I doubt she's gonna like have you know how much tonnage that is of heat. You need. I doubt that unit has that extra heat. But we'll see. If I get it, we'll see how they make it during the engineering drawings. You know, speaking of uh, engineering yeah. stuff and water, not to cut you off, Joe, but that's no, natural, natural hot springs is Do what it. I was looking for. Cut so. them off. Uh, see, see how Chris cuts me off? Like he just yep. doesn't even, he doesn't even explain. Well, I had to get it out before you guys change the subject twenty-seven times. So that's what we're gonna do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, with this temporary chiller that we're putting in, like the water of this temporary chiller, it's got a separate pump off this temp chiller. And that separate pump housing, what I was thinking of is if that pump is rated for the uh, the vertical lift on the water that we had to start, because we got to push this water 40 foot up the side of this mall to get to the penthouse. So the pump, I think it's rated at 500 GPM at 100 head. Okay. Kind of know what that means, but not really. So tell me what that means, Joe. <laughs> Why are you on the spot? <laughs> hey man, Mr. Snowmelt and the summertime boiler guy. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue into that, and it's gonna tie into this. I watched this channel on YouTube called Ghost Town Living, and it's a dude who just bought a ghost town out here in the desert in California, and uh, it has active mines, and he has a mine that goes down 800 feet, and uh, he has a natural spring at the bottom of the mine, so he has a pump down there. 
and someone has gone in there and ran water lines from the bottom of the mine all the way up like 800 feet of lines Jeez. and the dude complains though he's like yeah every time we put in a pump three weeks later the pump fails yeah and i want i've watched this dude replace the pump three times now and he's having people come in like oh yeah but every time he comes in he's like yeah i got an electrician to come in and change the pump and i'm sitting there thinking i think you need more than an electrician bro you need someone that knows how to size the water lines like and, right, but and he, I just he's using like a he's using like a three quarter inch hose to pump up eight hundred feet or whatever. Like it's yeah, ridiculous. have you seen what I'm talking yeah. about? It's so yeah. so stupid. I'm like yelling yeah, at my screen as I was watching it. I'm like, yeah, every time I'm like, dude, you're wait like, it blows my mind. It's like, so it, has minute. nobody figured this out yet? He has a huge pump that's is able to do how much like. I don't, I don't even know if it's engineered right. I mean, it, no, he just definitely not. The water lines too small. Yeah. He had like, but, but yeah, he's he's basically got three quarter inch PVC coupled into iron pipe, coupled into PVC, like running up the shaft. There's this vertical. It's a single vertical shaft. He said shaft. Yeah, and and he keeps burning through pumps. It's like, dude, I I feel like if you just called someone who knew what they were doing, they could probably figure this out. But and he, you who's could he have water. Call? He lives in a ghost town. He has nobody to call. Yeah, but he's have freaking a million subscribers, dude. I'm sure someone's reached out to him by now. Look, I don't even have to explain. See, it's all in chat, Bill. Um, somebody mentioned something about the generator, something about generator, and I think that's had to do something with those cables now that I think of it. Those cables all the time. Well, something about the generator, I think. It's funny. A lot of hmm. people watch that's him. That's a good point. There's One people piece in the chat. Feet. Yeah. There's right. people in the chat saying they all watch him, too. I love his channel. It's, it's awesome. What's he do? He's a miner? No, he just bought a ghost town. He bought a ghost town yeah. with, a, with a business partner. Chris watches lots of videos with miners. I do. Yes, I oh do. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I watch lots of random videos. But no, it's it's. he just bought a ghost town, and he's yeah. like transforming it into like a tourist destination. Oh, I'm just ignoring your guys' mean puns. <laughs> You're good, Chris. You're good. Yeah. No, it, it, sounds, it, it sounds I mean, like coal miners. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, what, do you, what yeah. kind of miners are you talking about, Chris? Yeah, Joe, you pervert. Crypto mining. <laughs> I was uh, I was gonna mention um because I see you do it. <laughs> I've seen Chris do it on uh, a few of his videos. Um the approach, condenser approach, or just approach, let's say a measure quick. Mm -hmm. And how better like how better that is, less evasive. Like let's say for heat pumps, we use like I use it for heat pumps as well. It's more of the approach method, more of the non-invasive method. So that's cool. Like I see you do that, and it's pretty cool that you switch. I just want to comment you in that because um, sometimes with these package units, the approach is more getting more information from the approach than anything else. I think it's better than anything. So, so can I give you? I have some opinions about the approach, right? Ahead, so, one, one of the first people to use it that I ever came across in air conditioning was Linux. Linux used to put it on a lot of their equipment. Um, and I've really kind of thought about this back and forth. And I get the whole idea of, you know, non-invasive, right? It's, it's, it's an interesting idea. But I think that a lot of people lean towards the approach because of the problem that we run into with um, not actually having a liquid line connection majority of the time. If you do not have a liquid line pressure connection, how do you check subcooling accurately when right. which each manufacturer you can have a rather large pressure drop uh, anywhere from 25 psi to 35 psi across the condenser so if you get discharge pressure and try to try to calculate subcooling it's, it's not going to be accurate so approach um, you know it, it unless someone adds a liquid line service port approach might be an easier way to actually gauge but with each manufacturer you have to know 
what yeah. kind of a pressure drop their condenser has across it. And a lot of times we don't have this information. So we just kind of have to look at everything. So when I, I will use approach every once in a while, I'll look, I'll be working on a Linux package unit now. Now we have liquid line pressure ports and I'll check subcooling. I'll look at the approach temperature and I'll kind of look at everything and say, okay, typically they want to see six degrees approach. I yeah. see, you know, this, this, and then I'll just kind of come up with something. Hey, what's, uh, what is this approach again? Approach is ass backwards subcooling. Okay. It's liquid line surface temperature compared to outdoor air temperature ambient yeah so and the you know, ambient air entering the condenser and the surface temperature of the liquid line why and why cooling towers the, is the same water cooled towers are the same thing same kind of thing yeah but even water and ambient pretty much will wet bulb hmm. um same hmm. thing seven degrees whatever they're so if you ever yeah if you ever work on a linux package unit bill and you look at the charging instructions on like an lga package unit or whatever energens hmm. unit it'll say it'll have pressures on there. Like you should be these pressures at this relative humidity. Um, and if you're close to that, you can look at the approach temperature to dial in your charge. If you're not weighing in the factory charge. Now, I, I don't know if we, did we talk about this last gotcha. week? We might've, we talked about this a while ago, I think, but why, why don't they put liquid line pressure ports? Like what's, I, I mean, I put them on. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I add them. I worked on a carrier package unit the other day and I added a liquid line pressure port cause I was, <laughs> you know, I was like, now I now I can check subcooling. <laughs> you yeah. see John's complicated way of explaining that. But what did he with say? His engineering words approaches the difference between the process leaving and source entering temps. That's yeah, that makes sense. It's the 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 liquid line surface temperature, the gas leaving the liquid line compared to the air entering the condenser. If you're doing air yeah. conditioning, so yeah, but you didn't use five dollar words to explain it. No, I use dumb logic. That's the kind I how need. Sh how <laughs> how sh says he doesn't see that big of a pressure drop? You can use uh, so what he's you can use discharge line temperature similar to the approach. I've not found the pressure drop to the grate across condensers. I I I'll measure on a perfectly good system anywhere from twenty five to thirty five psi pressure drop. Now um, that's condenser? between discharge line temperature and liquid line temperature. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's a huge pressure drop. Anywhere between. Yeah, I've seen it, you know, but depending on which one, you know, who you're working on. I think the other day, uh, yeah, I think I, I I have it on a video somewhere where I was showing it. I don't remember which video, but yeah. I see quite a, a, a pressure drop across it. Now, it may change from like residential equipment to different stuff. I don't know. I don't see a, a big pressure drop on refrigeration at all. Refrigeration, you don't see a pressure drop typically. Yeah, I can honestly say I, I don't. I don't know of a time that I've actually ever, you know, consciously measured that. Well, what really got me thinking about it was, you know, when you put on Measure Quick or the Field Piece Job Link app or anything, mm. and I would constantly see 18 degrees subcooling, 21 degrees subcooling with factory charge, and it's working properly. And I'm like, why does it have such a high subcooling? And then I start thinking, oh, I'm looking at discharge pressure. And then you'll actually measure the difference between, they'll have a liquid port and you'll measure that and you'll measure it. And you're like, oh shit, that's why you need to be on the liquid port. And you'll see, you know, a significant. You see when it comes to, when it comes to PSI and like the temperature, uh, temperature, P, uh, pressure, diff uh, I can't even speak. Uh, it's, it's not a big deal. Like the difference, like the temperature. Got difference it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it makes sense. Great. Good look at it a few ways. Interesting. Yeah, it's all it's it's a cool method, I think. Something well, to a degree, I guess. No, it's the, great the that we have drop, that available. Sorry, the pressure drop was not on a micro channel. This was on standard tube and fin. 
And, yeah, and yeah, yeah and I, I notice it differ from manufacturer to manufacturer too. And it could be the sear rating or who knows. I don't know. Yeah. Again, you it's a little bit more sure. than what I have knowledge about. Hey, you know, the other thing that I did this week that was super exciting. What did you do? Got my hands in a mini split. Oh. <laughs> the, one, the one I was talking to you guys about yeah. earlier you, this week. Did you fix yeah. it? I haven't been back yet. No, I couldn't even find the leak. I mean, I got, uh, what is it? The Infocon D leak detector. I couldn't and? find a leak anywhere in that thing. You know, it, it wasn't going off. It's, I'm 90% sure it's low on charge though, because what we did, you know, we shut it off and then, uh, just check pressures in ambient standing conditions, I guess. It was, it was 36 degrees on a 72 degree day. So you find pretty anything? sure it's low. What's that? Did you find anything or no? I found a quarter earlier today on the side. <laughs> How was the was the evaporator coil clean? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Evap was clean. Airflow was good. Condenser, I cleaned it just to be sure. There's a little bit of cottonwood buildup on there. Now, quick story. Side note: This is the first mini split I've ever worked on, man. So, I'm no, I'm not really an expert on these. Overall, I think they're junk. I think you should throw them away anytime they have any sort of issue. <laughs> they totally Even the teensy of issue, fucking throw them away. I think that. Uh, you know, we should just come out with it. Whenever you sell a mini split, just let the customer know. Don't even bother putting a filter in there because it doesn't do anything. And just mm -hmm. plan on changing the blower wheel in six months. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not changing just the blower wheel either. I'm changing the damn motor with it. I'm pulling the motor and blower wheel out, putting a new one in in six months and moving on. It seems like every mini split I've worked on, I have a few in restaurants and the blower wheels, they, they'll have filters in them and the filters will be sparkly clean and the blower wheel is just caked, you know? And I have... Like, I have another mini split that I went out on and it's in a building that's being completely renovated an old, I don't know, 150 year old building that's being turned into offices, beautiful building, but they have this one office that's been divided into two offices. They put a glass wall up. So they have two mini splits in there. These mini splits are 14 years old. And the complaint right now is that they're too loud. Now what? I went there and like, they're, they're not loud. Quiet. It's, they're, I mean, they're, they're noticeable. They're definitely noticeable. The noise is very prominent, especially because there's nothing else in that whole building making noise right now. Yeah. Cause it's under renovations, but it's just like a electric whirring motor noise. Yeah. And, um, the customer, yeah, they're 14 years old too. So, I mean, they're going to be a little bit louder, but there's no grinding, banging, ticking, like nothing else. And the customer wants me to change the, the fan motors. Oh, those like, are awful like, to take apart. I hate yeah. it. I was, I was like telling him, like, man, you're better off to just buy new ones. I'm telling you. I had a... the one sits so tightly up against the wall. We have to basically uninstall it, take it off the wall, and then replace the fan motor, then reinstall it. Yamo yeah, would have yeah. that done in like 15 minutes. We did yeah. one, uh, a Mitsubishi, whatever mini split on the wall hung unit, and it was over in a tiny server room. And we, mm. uh, myself and another tech, we actually stood, stood on the server rack up on top. He held the, the thing away from the wall while I pulled the damn blower motor out. And then we just both uh. were standing on top of the server rack the entire time. I'm sure that was all approved. If the IT guy saw us, he'd probably lose a shit. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, what else am I supposed pants. to do? You're complaining it's hot in your freaking room. Build a bigger room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Put actually a bigger air conditioner to... in there. Yeah. I, uh, I'm quoting multiple multi-split jobs right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One is a primary source of heat, which is going to be oh. fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still heat. Okay. Yeah. 
That's it for Heat. That's it. That, that's was it. that the whole story? That's it. I don't like him. Oh yeah, I, thought, I, I thought you were with start you. pushing like window shaker units on your freaking new. I would honestly rather have a window shaker than a mini split. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. We well, I take that back. I would rather have a mini split as long as people treated mini splits like they do window shakers. Because in my my mind, for the most part, the fifteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar, whatever ones that you know are commonplace in my area, at the very least, like those ones, it's like a window shaker, man. Yeah. Obviously, when you get into these more expensive ones, the multi cities, the branch boxes, the heads, you know, the whole building engineered system, yeah, it's that's different. But. Sure. I had I had one of my one of my good customers called me because he has an office. He he owns a bunch of restaurants, but he's like, hey, I got this business office, the space I'm renting out. He's like, can you go check out the air conditioning system? And I went over there, and I go, dude, it's a window shaker. But it's like a two-ton window shaker. It's freaking huge, dude. I kid you not. Shaker. The thing is like three That's feet. That's awesome. It's, it's it. It looks like a P-Tac, but it's not. It's like a <laughs> it's package a, unit sitting in his yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. And I just looked at it, and I'm like, I don't. And and so they. I think I sent you guys pictures in the chat. They have. They took off the front faceplate, and then he put an electric fan in front of it, and hmm. it's blowing the air across the room. And I just looked at it. I'm like, dude, I, I don't even want to touch this thing. Like, and I don't even want to change it either. Cause I'm like, how the hell am I going to get that? And it's up on an eight foot, I'm on an eight foot ladder. And I'm like, how did this thing even get up here? Wow, like, crane. Yeah. And it comes <laughs> into the bit like, it's freaking nuts, dude. Like, no, I, I told him, you need to call someone that specializes in that crap. Cause I installed that's, a, that's a nobody. I installed <laughs> a mini split. It was a huge, I can't remember the size, but it was a monster single zone mini split. I want to say it was like a two-ton or a three-ton or something crazy. It was like a friend of a friend that he bought all the shit online. He was going to do it himself. And then he, oh, dear. can you help me out? And I get there. I'm like, cool. Yeah, no problem. I look at the mm -hmm. thing. First off, the wall unit weighs like 75 pounds, and it's like 12 feet long. I'm like, I need like three guys to put this thing up there. I never saw anything that big before in my 12 life. 12 feet long. No, it wasn't really that long, but you know. It's like four foot long. Something like that. It was big. Yeah. It was very big. It was big. You know what? I, this this year, actually, um, I have to do it. Um, up here, it seems like a lot of people don't want to see that crap on their walls or cassettes in the ceiling, no, which I, I like the cassettes as well. So That's I might one have of my to, other beefs with them, too. Yeah. So I might have to sign, uh, size up uh, like a Unico system because, honestly, uh, they don't want to see that crap. And they'd rather just have like small whatever holes. Yeah, the first thing I think of when I see those wall mounted split systems i'm like oh you got a printer on your wall huh that's cool <laughs> yeah never doesn't if it wasn't for the cleaning and the pain in the ass i'd put in freaking mini splits all throughout my house but it just sounds like a process running line sets everywhere it just sounds like a pain in the ass dude but the way that i see a mini split is if i put one on there i'm just going to change it out in three years you know what i'd love to have i would love to put a package unit next to my house and duct it, it just duct it right in i would yeah. love that uh, life would be easy, right? I don't know how that would go, though. It seems yeah. really hard. Well, that's what they do in the south. Now, here in my area, well, not in, like, I'm in newer houses, but in a lot of the older houses in Southern California, they just put package units on the roof. And they'll have a platform mm. up there. And Yeah, I've seen that. If you watch, yeah, uh, what is it, Juan, uh, the, the air conditioning guy? Oh, uh, Juan. The air conditioning guy, yeah. Yeah, mm. he, he does them a lot, too. He'll do package yeah. units on the roof in the areas I he's working. And then that, also... Um, uh, Dizzy Dallas does them a lot too. He'll show package units on the roof too. I haven't seen nice. Dizzy around. He Dallas. posted. Yeah. He posted today. 
for the first time in a while. Yeah, video popped up on my feed. Yeah, ducted micro or uh, high velocity, it it has to be. uh, They're not common, but like some people don't want to see that crap, that plastic bumble jumble Mm -hmm. on the walls. It just makes the house look like a motel, and nobody wants to see that crap in these nice houses. You go to anywhere south of me in like Mexico, you go to a lot of other countries, and it's mini splits galore. That's all there is freaking mini splits on the wall or like kelly said uh p-tax yeah mm-hmm. well i think a lot of the, a lot of the world think they think we're crazy like what well, you're gonna heat and, and cool your whole house why are you, like you well they, but, but, their thought process is we heat and cool the areas that we're in oh. when we're there you know we we are crazy if you think about it like why did we ever settle in california california the southern part of california is a legit desert that we have to bring water from other states. We have canals that run all the way from other states that bring water into California mm. so that we can live in a desert. Like, and so we have to have air conditioning because it's 112, 115 degrees in the summertime, you know? Um, so it's kind of crazy. We are crazy, I was kind of saying. So move back to Missouri or wherever you came yeah. from. Yeah, I think it's time to get out of there. I should move back to Missouri, dude. I've seen a lot of posts. Look like they're dire. Well, everywhere is dire need of HVAC techs, but uh, Missouri has been getting. I've been here, getting, seeing a lot of Missouri. Everywhere Missouri. needs them. Yeah, oh, everywhere yeah. needs them. I hired a new guy. He's going to be starting in a couple of weeks. Actually, he just gave. Uh, I think he's given his notice on Monday with the company he's working for. But he's a he's a full fledged apprentice. Did he? So. Is that the uh, guy we talked about? No. Did he, no. pass? Did he pass? I made an offer pass? to an experienced guy and he didn't take it. And in all fairness, I offered him less than he wanted because I needed to train him. So, you know, it is yeah. what it is. But um, no, I, I hired an apprentice. So nice. interesting. He'll be riding with me for a, a, a foreseeable future, basically. Did you lay out any sort of a foundation of incentives? Like, hey, you need to stay with me for a lot longer. Like after you know what's going on, don't just up and quit and. Yeah, we told them. I mean, you know, you you can't. First off, California, we non competes. None of that stuff matter. None of that will hold up in court, right? You can't do anything. So, but I just told the guy. I said, "Look, I'm going to make an investment in you. I'm going to invest a year, six months to a year of of making no money off of you, absolutely no money, and you're going to be riding with me, and you're going to be shadowing me and learning, and I want to teach you everything." But I said you, you got to make a commitment to me here. You know, I need a couple years from this. I can't just give you all this time and have you bounce, which is typically what happens. I mean, there's nothing I can do. You just hope. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there's, I know there's a lot of things I can do that would make people stay. Um, you know, and my attitude has a lot to do with it. So if I could be a nicer person, I'm sure it would help. Good to see you, Brandon. What kind of package units you talking about, buddy? Sorry. <laughs> You're asking about his package? I thought I said I heard good to see you, Brandon. What kind of package? And I'm like, where's Joe going with this one? What kind hey, of package hey, no, sport in there, bud? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been great to uh segue out of here, but you know what? I think Adam is uh in La La Land. Distracted. Uh, oh, we're not uh, we're I, I thought we're not segueing anymore. We're actually having a uh a wrap conversation. up conversation. Yeah, we're having wrap a wrap up. up. I'm waiting for the, That's right. I got yelled at for just cutting the show. Before I get yelled at every week, and you're Did like, you? "When are you gonna end it? Ooh, when are you gonna end why? it? What's going on?" It's Did so I rough. yell at you? you, Joe? <laughs> Joe is you're like, like <laughs> you're like the school marm of the group. <laughs> no, 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 no. We yell because he sleeps on that button. He doesn't push the button. So, would you yeah. like me to push the button? 
Sorry? I think that we're going to go ahead and close this one out. Yeah, you it should push the button. I definitely push the button. Yeah, it definitely started a little late. I apologize for that. And Bill's talking over me like an asshole. Pushed all and, my buttons. You know? <laughs> Push but, um, nipples. We're going to uh, wrap it up and we will catch right you guys your nipples. next week. Nipples, nipples, Can nipples. Can you mute that asshole above me? <laughs> nipples. All right. So is this the point where I push the button? This is the point in which you push the, the button. Channel package unit.